to see you all here today. Stand with me if you would as we sing our first song this morning. Victory in Jesus, lift it up with me as we sing. I heard an old, old story, how a Savior came from glory, how he gave his life on Calvary to save. singing our chorus oh how he loves you and me lift it up with me as he sing it sing it through twice today oh how he loves you singing you may be seated let's go lord in prayer this morning 
Lord, we do thank you and praise you, Lord, for loving us. Lord, uh, we don't deserve it. We just thank you so much for the love you've given us, Lord. Thank you for our church here, our church family, as we meet together today. Lord, as we start this new week, Lord, we pray that we can be a testimony for you out and about and everywhere we go. Lord, we pray for this service here with our pastor. Lord, uh, anoint him with your Holy Spirit, Lord, help us to open our hearts and our minds for what you have for us today. Lord, be with those that couldn't be here. Lord, we lift them up to you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Welcome to Central Baptist Church. My name is Matt Morales. I'd like to welcome you if it's your first time here uh, to our church. Uh, we have a welcome center in the main lobby. If you're a first time visitor here, I'd love to meet you and greet you. I have a gift for you waiting as well. So if you're a first time here, welcome here to Central Baptist Church. I think our song for the choir this morning is a great start to our service. Uh, Times to be in God's house is an opportunity to worship the Lord. And uh, our song today really highlights remembering who we are and who God is, giving him his glory, his due. So as we sing, I hope you think about the words that we're singing today and give opportunity for you to worship him as well.
Amen. Let's all stand. That was a great time to greet our guests and see somebody you haven't seen in a while. Make sure that you're welcome here at church. seated except anybody that has a birthday in February. It's the first Sunday of the month of February. So if you have a birthday in February, come on up. rest of you can go ahead and be seated for a second. February birthdays. Come on. Who has a birthday in February? Come on up. There we go. Amen. February birthdays. Come on up. We'll wait for you. Everybody else can be seated. February, good month to be born, right? Nah, January's better, but that's all right. February's good. <laughs> all right, February birthdays, come on up. Here we go. Everybody up here. We'll wait just one more second. Okay, let's sing our birthday song to them. Make them smile at you, all right? This is the day, this is the day that we say to you, that we say to you, happy birthday, happy birthday, and may God bless you, and may God bless you. This is a good time to know for sure that you have received God gift for sure just praise the lord when you can say that i know i have great job give him a hand this morning all right when you see him out and about wish him a happy birthday all right go ahead and stand with me one more time as we sing grace greater than our sin lifted up with me this morning marvelous grace of our loving lord grace that exceeds our sin and our guilt yonder on calvary's mount outpoured there where the blood of the lamb was spilled grace grace Grace. 
seated. All right, our ushers are here, so we'll go ahead and take our offering this morning. Brother Michael Moorhead, would you ask God to bless our offering, please, Michael? sir appreciate that well good morning good morning good to see everybody out today as we get opportunity to worship the lord it's february can you believe that already february going strong good stuff yesterday uh, several couples got back from uh, annual couples retreat we do two a year uh february and november so obviously you missed the february one so those people that were looking for something for valentine's day you missed it Okay, you blew the opportunity, it's gone, but you can make it up in November. How's that? And uh, we offer a couple of years. We've been doing that for several years now. Uh, we just see the importance of family and the emphasis of that. Brenda and I get the opportunity to 
Uh, matter of fact, this spring will be in like four different couples retreats starting in the month of February and uh, travel around and preach different places. And you say why? Because we see the importance and, and pastors and churches do of, of the family and, and couples and, and why it's a necessity. Uh, no difference here. Uh, I'm asked sometimes, why don't you do that series here? I have multiple times. Some of you probably have it memorized. How's that? You're like, he's going to do that series again? Yes. Uh, but th that's just the way it is. The fact of the matter is um, uh, you want to be a part of those things if you can. I say, sure, there's an expense uh, involved in it. But I tell you, it's worth the investment in the family. And so I'll challenge it. Next one's in November. And if you're able to make that, it'll be a blessing to you and strengthen. Even often through that, uh, we hear people coming back and, and gaining friendships and getting to meet some people they didn't know, things like that. Kind of like yesterday, we had our teenagers, which is, what, 50 and above, I think it is, if I'm not mistaken. I, I don't know the exact age. I just know I'm in it. How's that? You know, and uh, had a great time. And again, people are meeting each other going, hey, good to see you, and uh, gathering some connections there. So we try to provide throughout the year different opportunities for that. So I'll just challenge you, avail yourself of that. It's a good way to connect without a doubt. Uh, but uh, of course, most important is being in God's house and, uh, and hearing God's word and getting that is, is essential. So we're glad you're here. We're going to be in First Kings chapter 2 this morning. And uh, so right after the special, we'll jump right into the word of God. Uh, excited about it, although tonight's message is better. Yeah, I'm sorry, but see, you're already here, so it's too late. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but we've got a two-part message, 1 Kings chapter 2. We'll build the introduction, kind of foundation of that this morning, and then jump into the rest of it tonight. So I hope you'll be here for the day. But Miss Brenda will sing for us, and then we'll jump into the Word. Let a mighty rushy 
let your people once again. Amen. Amen. Well, First Kings chapter 2, hope you're over there or turning over there, if you would, as we get ready to do our reading and uh, looking at uh, this part of the uh, story of Solomon as there's a transference taking place. And uh, as I mentioned before, uh, Brenda and I have been um, uh, have the opportunity to speak at a couple couples retreats, and I was thinking about that, even putting this message together as we're going to see here. And uh, one of the men who um, is kind of hosting uh, part of that, and just making sure the arrangements are set up, and we make it to the meeting, and all that kind of fun stuff. And so, this last week, he sent me a text in preparation, and uh, his son is turning 16 and going to get his first cell phone. In other words, if you have one already, you are spoiled rotten. <laughs> Anyways, that was free, but okay. And uh, so in that, it was very unique, though. Uh, the dad uh, sent me a text. He said, hey, you're going to be our guest speaker. Would you do me a favor? Uh, would you do a video and send it to my son? Now, I don't know his son. And uh, so his son, Jackson, turned 16. He said, would you take a, a video uh, and give some advice and send it to my son? And that way, when he opens his phone, and I'm sure it's not me, there's going to be several people on there. Uh, there's going to be people on there with some encouragement for him and some instruction. I thought, how unique. You know, I thought just how unique that they, they would have that foresight as parents to think, hey, when that's opened up, I want good, healthy things on there. And uh, so just a neat thing that I thought was really cool this week. And I say that because we're getting ready to get into that same section where David, in a similar way, is going to give some advice to Solomon. So he's going to lay the foundation even for tonight for us. But this story is David now transferring uh, that position of kingship over to Solomon. Uh, and those words of advice. And by the way, parents, let me help you. It's good to give advice to your children. Uh, our goal isn't just to get them to 18, get them into college, get them out of the house, and everything's done. No, after that, it becomes more expensive. Just to let you know. Uh, that's really not, not the goal. Our, our goal is to raise godly children. And part of that is imparting advice. And we'll see some of that here. So let's stand as we do our reading. We'll do part of the reading this morning as we read down just a little bit and we'll conclude some this evening. It's a long chapter, uh, but we'll take a look at it, the first 12 verses this morning. Now the days of David drew nigh that he should die and he charged Solomon his son saying, I go the way of all the earth, which is very clear advice and something we all need to take heed of. Everyone's born, everybody dies. Be thou strong therefore and show thyself a man and keep the charge of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes and his commandments and his judgments and his testimonies, as written in the law of Moses, that thou mayest prosper in all that thou doest, and whithersoever thou turnest thyself. That the Lord may continue his word which he spake concerning me, saying, If thy children take heed to their way, to walk before me in truth with all their heart and with all their soul, there shall not fail thee, said he, a man on the throne of Israel, Moreover, thou knowest also what Joab, the son of Zeruah, did to me, and what he did to the two captains of the host of Israel, and to Abner, the son of Ner, and unto Amasa, the son of Jether, whom he slew and shed the blood of war in peace, and put the blood of war upon his girdle that was about his loins, and in his shoes that were on his feet. Do therefore according to thy wisdom, and let not his whore head go down to the grave in peace, but show kindness unto the sons of Barzillia, the Gileadite, and let them be of those that eat at thy table, for so they came to me when I fled because of Absalom thy brother. And behold, thou hast with thee Shimei, the son of Gera, a Benjamite of Behurim, which cursed me with a grievous curse in the day when I went to Mahanium. But, but he came uh, down to meet me at Jordan, and I swear to him by the Lord, saying, I will not put thee to death with the sword. Now, therefore, hold him not guiltless, for thou art a wise man, and knowest what thou oughtest to do unto him. But his whorehead bring thou down to the grave with blood. In other words, they're not going to get gray and old. Verse 11. So David slept with his fathers and was buried in the city of David. And the days that David reigned over Israel were 40 years. Seven years reigned he in Hebron. 33 years reigned he in Jerusalem. And then, of course, sat Solomon upon the throne of David. Lord, we come to you now. We Praise you and thank you, Lord, for your word. And maybe glean the wisdom today as we look at this chapter, Lord, and the beginning part of it, as David gives some final instructions to his son, Solomon, Lord. And 
uh, really just the importance of that and what that means even to us today. And we thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I love this instruction part, not just because I'm a minister, but uh, it does help. Uh, But the fact of the matter is, I want to break down today just a little bit the instruction that uh, David gives to Solomon, uh, primarily because when I think about it, some of you have parents that aren't real, how should I say, they've influenced you, no debate, but maybe they don't uh, take the time to really communicate a lot. Maybe you don't have that, like a David sitting down with Solomon saying, hey, do this, don't do that. It's a good thing. But, But I will tell you this, if you're a Christian, you do have a Heavenly Father who has done that, and he's given you 66 books. So you may not have an earthly father that's given you the instructions needed, but you have greater instruction through God. Does that make sense? So, so God is very prone to giving us instruction and guidance. I love it because it is a guide to every generation that will follow it. Uh, matter of fact, I'm not a believer, as we, we preached before, I'm necessarily repeating the same mistakes that uh, history or family has repeated. Uh, we have the information not to do that. The reason it's written is so we don't have to do the same things. We don't have to keep repeating over and over cycles that are destructive in families and churches and communities and in nations. And yet so often we do, and here's why. We don't follow the instructions. And we don't listen, or we don't give the instructions. But David takes time to do that. And this morning, for this morning's message, before we get into the the rest of it tonight, I want to break down that instruction just a little bit. Uh, It caught my attention this week, and and I want to take a look at it. For a lot of reasons. One, anytime somebody stops to give their, some final words to somebody, uh, man, that's important. You know, it's imp- something, think about that. I mean, the final words that somebody would give. Uh, if your mom and dad haven't passed away, I'll tell you, if they're on their deathbed and God allows them to be cognizant enough to talk to you and they say something, I'll tell you, that'll resonate in your mind. That'll be something you'll remember. You know, whatever that might be, Why? It's their final words. And so here David is saying, Solomon, here's some final words to you. So it's not of insignificant. Let's take it a step further. It's so significant of all the final words spoken. Think about it. From the time the Bible was written and completed, from all the final words spoken, this one is written in the Word of God. There's a lot of people alive who gave final words. They're not in there. But this one is why. God has a designed purpose for us. He wants us to get this, okay? So I want to give you some things today that I hope will be a blessing to you. David, and we'll see the comparison to us. He begins, and he says in verse 2, I go the way of all the earth. Be thou strong, therefore, and I love this, and show thyself a man. In other words, he says, be a man. Now, part of this is David is young. Estimates put him at, I mean, Solomon is 14 to 20. Can you imagine being king at 14 to 20? I mean, look at our youth department. Do you see anybody there you want to be king? I mean, something about that. That's scary stuff. Let's just be honest. It's beyond scary that somebody over here, a young man here, why don't you guys stand real quick in the youth department? Like Jared's, that there, yeah, all you guys, all right, start from there, yes, start right there. Take a look at any one of those. <laughs> it's not happening, you know what I'm saying? Thank you guys, you just proved my point. You're not king, by the way, not going to happen. But in their culture, it, you know, it, it was a, the family and the next king comes up and Solomon was chosen. We went over that last week. So here he is. And I look at this, and, and David looks at him, and it's interesting. His very first advice, are you ready, would be this. And I'd say the same thing to these guys. Are you ready? Be a man. Show yourself a man. In other words, grow up and be a man. Now, being a man, uh, we have to kind of explain in this culture why. Because it's a mess. We are living in such a mess today. We forgot what that was. Uh, I remember the first time that my wife was really introduced to our family. Now, in our family, um, my dad grew us up uh, and wanted us to be men. So uh, he trained us in the way of men. Uh, He taught us how to fight. We learned things like don't start a fight, but you better finish it. Okay? Things like that. So, I mean, he taught us how to, you know, uh, box and hit and wrestle and all that kind of fun stuff. That's that's just a man. That's that's what you do. So if you're going, oh, I don't think that's appropriate today, grow up. Now, we need that back today. I'll tell you right now is what we need back today. The fact of the matter is when she came, and uh, at this point she came to California, and uh, I had proposed to her. She mistakenly said yes. <laughs> she was now at our house, and uh, as we were over there visiting, uh, a natural thing broke out in our house that happened all while I was growing up. And I'm like 19 or 18 at this time. I don't remember my age. And my brother's probably 15. And, and I don't know how it started. It doesn't really matter. It just starts. If you know guys, 
things just happen. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so something was said, something was done, and next thing you know, it, it was on. What do you mean it was on? I mean, we moved the furniture. Yeah, my wife's like, what's going on? Uh, and we're like, you'll see. And suddenly, a wrestling match broke out. My brother and I versus my dad. My dad's a big boy, and we decided we're taking dad down. After all, I just got engaged, amen? Yeah. Well, my wife didn't grow up in that environment. She grew up with sisters and Andy. Anyway. <laughs> he goes, I remember that. <laughs> I need help getting home. <laughs> but he wasn't allowed to hit his sisters. They couldn't wrestle. They couldn't fight. He wasn't allowed to do that. So she wasn't around that. I mean, if there was any fights, it was girls' fights. And that's just ugly. <laughs> Pulling of hair, poking of eye, you know, that kind of stuff. But for us, I mean, it was never unusual. I mean, from as small as I can remember, we would wrestle. And when you wrestle, you get hurt. It's just part of it. You're thrown into things. You break things. So, I mean, we literally moved the furniture. A wrestling match broke out. She's like, <gasps> my mom's talking to her. She goes, oh, honey, just put your feet up. <laughs> my mom just keeps talking to her. Brenda's over there. I mean, eyes this big. Mom's talking to her. We're like, ah, boom, ah, boom. You know, I mean, dad's on top. You give? Never! I mean, there's major stuff taking place here. And I didn't realize my wife had never seen that before. <laughs> but she'd already said yes. Just remember that. Okay? That's just the way, that's, that's a man's house. That's what you do. If you have boys growing up, that's a good thing. Man, you body slam them boys. That's what you do. You know, it's, what are you saying? It's part of being a man. For, folks were missing that. The fact of the matter is when David looked at him, he was saying this, son... Be a man. There's some things to being a man. Uh, and again, we need to understand these things and what they are. The Bible's full of them. Let me give you a couple of verses. This isn't a new statement in the Bible. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 6 and 7, famous verses. Remember, uh, God's telling Joshua here, Be strong and of good courage. Uh, for unto this people shalt thou divide for inheritance the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, hath commanded thee. 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit ye like men. That doesn't mean quit, okay? In other words, stand like a man. Uh, be a man. Be strong. 1 Chronicles 28, 20. And David said to Solomon, his son, clarifying, be strong and of good courage and do it. I love that. Be strong and of good courage and do it. Fear not. Neither be dismayed. In other words, he said this, folks, be a man. Can I just tell you, gentlemen, and this passage, and I like this, we need men. No, we need godly men in our society today. Uh, I am sick and tired of every movie coming out, the woman is the hero. Amen. <laughs> I'll oppose that. I'm like, guess what? I'm like, serious? I mean, I just, I'm, I'm sorry. One or two, it's fine, but let's be real. You know, it's like even every war movie. Now we have, who knows, G.I. whatever. You know, and she's leading the battle. And I'm like, no offense. I, I like women. You are needed. We love you. But can I tell you, there's a difference between a man and a woman. Okay? And we're living in a society now that is so trying to push down the identity of a man. And so I appreciate passages like this where he stands up and he says, Son, know your identity. You be a man and you be king. Act like it. So I tell you today, gentlemen, we've got to be... And let me clarify some of that. Said over and over are, are a couple words that just jump out. Uh, number one, be strong. Strong. It's, it's an associate with men that we're strong. Every man's of different sizes, different heights. And we're not just talking about physical strength, but that's part of it. Sure, you, you see a man, and, and I'm going to help you. Men are stronger than women. I'm going to help you with that, okay? It's a biological thing if you need to go back to school. Please don't point out that one woman that can bench press 300 pounds and go, what about her? One out of a billion. Okay. You know, but that's not the, it's not the norm. It's, it's just naturally designed as far as physical strength. Men are designed that way. That, that's how God made it. I, in a fair fight, I could take Brenda every single day. Did you catch that? <laughs> well, yeah. That's also why you grew up, you, you learned not to hit women. Uh, that's why Andy couldn't wrestle. Why? He was never allowed to touch the girls. Why? Because being a man. Okay, that's clear. The Bible says the woman's a weaker vessel. In our society, they're taught that we're equal. No, we're equal before God, and we're equal as far as people, sure, but God made us different. It's time we accept that, and part of that is, can I tell you, be strong. 
And that strength isn't just physical. It's not. No, gentlemen, I, I know a lot of men that physically we would not be considered very strong. But when you come to their character, their determination, and who they are and their honor, they are strong. Strong individuals. And so we got to grow in strength and in every area that encompasses is what we need to become. And you see examples all over the place. So I just want to help our young men and, and our men, hey, be a man. I don't care what this culture says. Uh, I saw somebody sent me a video has been a little bit ago, but I appreciate it. It was a young lady saying, what happened to all the men? And I was like, hey, man. <laughs> yeah, but she's tired of living in a society where it's like this is ridiculous, you know, that we can't have men who are men and men who are strong and not just that full of courage. Man, that strength, just some courage. The fact that we'll stand up and, and, and he's looking at Joshua and God is, and we're looking at Solomon. And I mean, I, I appreciate dad saying, son, part of being a man is you got to be strong and you got to have some courage. The fact of the matter is, you don't, you're not going to always go with the flow. You're not going to always follow culture. You're going to stand up for, thus saith the word of God, because we are Christian men. And that takes some strength. I think of courage. I think of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, man, we, we don't know physically how big and strong they were, but we know their character. We know it very well. And they stood up to a, a wicked king. Uh, matter of fact, both of them faced death. And they're like, that's okay, Why? We know this. We're not bowing down to you, O king. We're going to serve God. And I'm like, amen. And sometimes you lose your life for doing that. But can I tell you, it's called being a man. We protect. We provide. This is what God's called us to do. And, and I can't overemphasize. You said, man, you're really on a hobby horse today. Well, yes. You say, why? We just need men again. Christian men. Uh, is what we need. And if that means we got to stand alone, we'll stand alone. But I'm looking out here with a whole bunch of men. You don't have to stand alone. I see men all over this auditorium who love God and stand up for what is right. And yes, we're men, strong, courageous, honorable, doing that which is right. I, I love it. And, and dads, teach your boys to be men. Uh, we were at a couples conference maybe a year or two ago. And i uh, never forget this. I don't remember what message I was preaching, but the pastor stood up and, and began to um, just give a testimony. And he gave a testimony how I think he was like about 16 years old. And um, at that time, you kind of begin to just kind of, uh, I don't know, kind of branch out a little bit. And one of the negatives of that is you forget sometimes to show respect to your mom. And uh, he said he got a little sarcastic and snippety to mom. And they were in the kitchen. He says, I'll never forget it. I said something sarcastic to mom. He said, and literally my dad, who is a pastor, a minister, jumped up so fast from the table, picked me up by the throat, put me up against the wall, choking me, explained to me, that is my wife. You will never, ever, ever say anything to her negative again. Got it? You're like, minister shouldn't act that way. Grow up. He said, dad, put him down. He said, to this day, he's now in his 40s. He goes, to this day, I have never ever in my life said anything negative to my mom. And if I thought I did, I apologized immediately. <laughs> and dad put the fear of God in him, but also told him, hey, you will respect women. You're going to respect your mom. Folks, that's, that's part of being a man. Uh, you, you see that when you go to First Peter. I'm just saying there's some characteristics of a man we need back, and Christianity ought to bring it back. Now, we're not talking about being mean, rude, and ugly. That's not characteristics of men. A bad man, that's not what we're talking about. There are good characteristics of strength and courage and honor and character that we can spend literally weeks on and give individual lessons for hours at a time of this is the way it's supposed to be. And we used to live in a culture that was brought up. And I praise the Lord that we see in the Bible once again, it's not outdated. And can I tell you, gentlemen, learn what it means to be a man and become a man. Be a man. So he starts out that way and he says, hey, be a man. And then he goes on. In 1 Kings, after that, he, he charges him to... Be a man and, and uh, show himself strong in verse 2. and verse 3, he says, And keep the charge of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes and his commandments and his judgments and his testimonies, as is written in the law of Moses, that thou mayest prosper in all that thou doest, and whithersoever thou turnest thyself. What great advice. He goes on to explain that God promised that uh, we'd always have somebody sitting on the throne in our family if we would just follow God. And I thought about that, and I want to remind you, man, follow God. So the first thing he says is, son, be a man. Then he says this, son, follow God. 
great advice. I mean, how much better can we get? It's so simple, but can I tell you? Hey, follow God. You want to prosper? Everybody wants success. Can I tell you? Uh, if you're going to find success, you'll find it through Jesus Christ. You'll find it through his word. And so he lays it down for him. And then he goes on, and, and we'll come back to this here in just a minute. He then, in, in verses like five on, he gives him a list of things to do that we'll, we'll really get into tonight. But David tells him some things. And he tells him about Joab. Now, again, you have to go back and read it, but Joab was David's general. And he'd served with David a long time, okay? Let me just help with that. But there's two specific instances he mentions, Abner and Amasa. And both of these were on the opposite side in some battles. So that were opposing David and fighting before David was fully king over all of Israel. He was over king for just seven years in Judah. Then finally everything, there's some battles and clashes taking place. But in, in the midst of this, like anything, in wartime, uh, you, you go to war and you're going to put someone to death most likely while you're fighting a battle. But when it's not wartime, then it's called murder. It's that simple. That's a designated principle there. You say, well, there's no difference. Don't have time for that lesson, but there's a very distinct difference according to the Word of God and in life. And the fact of the matter is, they weren't in a wartime. It was a peacetime, and Joab kills these people. I have a very serious saying. And so David's like, son, I just want you to remember, um, for whatever reason we'll get in tonight, I wasn't able to execute this person, but you know what to do. And then he gives another guy. Uh, who actually helped him when Absalom tried to take over the throne. And he says, hey, don't forget about him. And he says, and by the way, for him and his family, show kindness. Then he comes back again. He goes, oh, by the way, there's another guy by the name of Shimei. Another situation. That's the guy that picked up rocks and threw stones at him. Remember that? Cursed him out and everything. And uh, so David's king and the mighty men said, let's go kill him. I mean, you deserve to die. He crossed the line. And David's like, well, wait a minute. Maybe this is from God, so let's hear him out. Man, he's throwing rocks, and he, he's attacking the, uh, the king who was set up by God, and he's got something to say, and he's mad because he thinks Saul's the rightful owner or leader, and he wasn't. Why? Because God had made a change. So David lets him live. And there's another time, as he mentioned there, that he met him uh, because of the Absalom revolt. And again, let him live. But now he's coming in saying, you do know what's right, do what's right. And he gives him three basic instructions. Be a man, follow God, and do what is right. And this morning, I want to Look at those three real quick, and we'll close. Number one, I'd say this. We have, you said, have you ever talked about me and a man? Yeah, I'd put it in this context, though. All of us, I think, need to st step up and do our roles. Would you not agree? I mean, the principle there was he's talking to his son. It wasn't his daughter. It'd be a different conversation talking to the daughter. But I imagine if he talked to his daughter, he'd give her instructions on how a woman should act. You say, why? Because it's appropriate. I, I get we're living in a crazy identity crisis world. Can I tell you? It shouldn't mess you up because you have clear guidance according to thus saith the word of God. Don't get caught up in that junk. Don't get caught up in that junk. There's no reason that should... Don't let your kids get caught up in that junk. And I'm just going to give you a side note here. Uh, man, be careful with the social media stuff. Of course we're not against it. And of course we're on it. I got all that. But I'm telling you, the influence there is huge. You, you ought to be actively involved. Especially with all the stuff that's taking place out there. And everybody trying to tell your children who they ought to be, and what they ought to be. Can I tell you, the only person supposed to be guiding them ought to be Jesus Christ. You want to know who you are? Get in the Word of God. God will tell you. Husbands, how you're supposed to act, and wives, how you're supposed to act, and children, how you're supposed to act. It's not hidden. It is very clear. We preach this stuff all the time of men being leaders, and women learning to follow, and children learning to obey. Why? It's what God says. Well, you can't say that nowadays, preacher. We just did. You say, why? We're in church, the house of the living God. Can I just help us, church? Hey, keep doing your roles. Don't worry what the, the world wants you to do. Do what God wants you to do. And if you want to compare yourself, compare yourself to people in the Word of God. Quit calling it archaic. If, if in your mind the Bible's archaic, you're out of line. You're in sin as a Christian. It's not archaic. It was written, for example, today. Everything in here is to guide us today. You're saying God can't relate to this generation? Are you brain dead? It's God. You relate to every generation. He's far superior to every generation. We're not even close to him. He knows what he's doing. And when I look at this generation, I'm talking about our world today. It's not better. No, no, the reason we think it's better is because we have more comforts. We have air conditioning, cell phones, internet. Woo, refrigerators. That's nice comfort. That doesn't make us better. I mean, it's so, so funny to me how we think. We live in a very comfortable world. But we're not getting smarter. We're declining. 
Oh, no, we're not preacher. We're starting to know. Oh, yeah. We have more information, but not more wisdom. Not even close. How, well, how do you know that? Have you looked up people live and how families operate today? It's mind-boggling to me. Mind-boggling. We have the answer right here. And there's always a but, 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 but that doesn't apply to me. But that doesn't apply to me. But that doesn't work. But that doesn't work. That's funny. It's worked for thousands of years. But all of a sudden, it doesn't work for us. I'd say what the problem is, usually when a couple comes in for premarital counseling, one of the first things I address is roles. Roles. You say, why? If you don't know your roles, you're in trouble. If you're going to follow the roles society has set up, you're already doomed before you start. You're already doomed before you start. Ladies, you want, you want to be in charge? You want to run the family? You don't want a leader? That's going to be a lot of fun for about five to six years. And at some point, that's going to blow up in your face. And I mean, it's going to blow up in your face. How do you know? 37 years of experience counseling families, teaching all across the land, talking to pastors about this exact same topic. And it's like, okay, go ahead, be the leader. Usurp the position that God put the man, do it. And that passive man allows you, go ahead. And uh, you'll just make it until somebody can't handle it anymore. And I'll tell you what's going to happen. You're going to get discouraged one day, totally stressed out, totally overwhelmed. And what you won't admit is you caused a lot of it. Yep. Preacher, you can't talk that way to women. Just did it. Uh, it's reality. Now, in this world, it's not safe. Uh, we're not going to get a lot of popular, ooh, way to go. But I'm going to tell you, the proof is in the pudding. I'm watching whole families disintegrate. And it started 7, 10, 15 years ago. And it's a dual problem. I'm not blaming women. I blame passive men as well. They won't take the leadership. They won't do what they're supposed to do. And put that, I don't have time to preach a whole message on this. I mean, it's clear in the Word of God. Don't take this farther than it needs to go. If your mind's immediately going to some negative illustration you have, then guess what? You're not thinking right. Within the context of what God says, God sets up roles and identity. And if you're in a marriage where it's not working that way, you know it's a mess. You know it's a mess. And I'm going to tell you the end result. Unless that gets fixed, uh, I'm going to tell you, it'll mess up your relationship. It'll mess up your kids. You're not going to have the success and happiness that you think. Now, it creates all types of problems like only God's roles work. When you do it God's way, it changes everything. It changes everything. The happiest marriages I know are the ones doing it God's way. It's that simple. And if, if you're not going to follow it, you're going to ignore all that advice. Well, that's up to you. I'm not your boss. I'm not. Your, I'm not. We'll give you advice, but I can't change anybody's family. All we can do is tell you, this is what the Bible says. You're going to have to implement it. And I watch families fight this all the time. And so when I look at this and I see... David looked at Psalm and said, being a man, I'm thinking, do your role. Do your role. And I'd say to everybody here, are you ready? How does this apply to us? Do your role. Are you doing your role? Are you? Men, men are you leading? I didn't say lording, dictator, tyrants. You know, so, many, so many men, I, I'm, uh, I get so frustrated with that sometimes. I can pick them out every time they come in and all they're talking about is their authority. Okay? I'm going to help you. You're out of line. You're out of line. You see, leadership, I don't go to my wife and uh, tell her what she's going to do and get in her face and say, I'd be the man. Now, you know that's true because I'm alive. <laughs> I'm not stupid. I'm not going to sleep at night. No, but I mean, just around, who does? I mean, I see men doing that. I'm like, every time it's a red flag to me, something's totally out of line. But when you love God, you just lead by example and you're loving and kind and strong and have courage, uh, you don't ever have to go to your, to your wife and be demanding things, all this kind of stuff. That's just, it's crazy to me. And, and I get there's a lot of factors there. I don't have time for the full sermon. Some of this goes with who you choose and how it all begins. And I get that. I, I do, I really get that. But men, lead. And women, follow. You say, I don't want to, I can't follow him. You chose him. Ouch. I mean, he said, yes, I didn't know. He didn't know either. It's a lot of I don't knows. But it didn't, it didn't, you know what I'm saying? It's just amazing to me as we follow this. And the kids just have to obey. So this is going over really bad. So I'm going to help you. You can feel the tension. People going, I need him to stop right now. I'm just going to help you. You want success? David says, I'm going to help you. Do your role. Number two, success only comes and is only sustained when we follow God. His commandment says, son, listen, um, 
If the kingdom is going to continue, here's why. You follow God. We'll talk about tonight and even some of the mistakes of David. Isn't it interesting, even with the mistakes of David, how God kept protecting him and taking care of him. I'm going to tell you why. He was a man after God's own heart. With all of his fault, all of his frailties, he didn't do everything perfect and right. Nobody does. But even all that, isn't it strange to you how he was still very successful? I'll tell you how. He followed God. Isn't it interesting? His advice to him is follow God. Now, I shouldn't have to say this, but I'm going to help you. Are you ready? Follow God. Now, God ought to be the center. Of, no, no, no. Here, here it comes again. I can tell people, like, okay, ready? Follow God. If you're going to claim the name of Christ, then can I tell you? The most success you'll have is doing it God's way. You find the roles of a man and a woman. You grow into them. You become godly and kind and loving and all those things you're supposed to be. And you, you create a family and this is wonderful. But then the family, is this is your foundation. What the Word of God says, what God wants from our family, we're going to follow God. And what we need back in Christianity is this. Christians who follow God, Christianity is a lifestyle. It's not something we just do on Sunday. It's like, this is who we are. And we're going to follow God. As long as we follow God, He's going to bless us. Man, there's going to be success in our life. And we see that throughout the Word of God. People who follow God, God blessed over and over. I've always loved the story of the Rechabites in Jeremiah 35. I love that. Because here's a worldly father who gives three instructions to his children. Three to his family. They're not even commands from God. Are you aware of this? But God uses them as an illustration. Go back and read it. It's great. And God says, I'm going to bless the Rechabites forever. Let me, let me interpret that for you. That means even to this day, there's a lineage from the Rechabites that God is still blessing and protecting because he promised, even in 2024. Think about that. Nomads traveling somewhere in the Middle East that God is still protecting because they followed and obeyed their father for 200 years. And everybody in the family did that. And God's like, seriously? A human father gives three rules and everybody follows it? He goes, I'm God. I've been instructing you and you won't obey? And God says, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to show you. I'm blessing them forever to show you that if you'll follow me, you'll get eternal blessings. Wow. Can I help you, Christian? Follow God. Follow God. Do everything you can to follow God. And I'm going to give you one last thought. He says here, we'll cover this more tonight. But he looks at them and he says this, son, I got these three situations. You know what to do. Just do what is right. Going to help you. Two of them shouldn't be living very long. Just as a little hint. But son, you're wise. He says twice. Son, you're wise. We just read it. He says, do what is right. Do what is right. You go do whatever you think is right in this situation. And then he's gone. That is this great advice. Let me help you this morning as we close. So what's our advice, our life applications? Find your role. Follow God. And do what is right. Pretty simple, huh? Eh. Take some work. Find your roles. Follow God and do what is right. What a wonderful life. Does not the Bible say, Him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin? The fact of the matter is, I'm not here to give you a list of what's right and wrong. I believe as individuals, as Christians, because we have the Spirit of God, we know what's right and wrong. Can I tell you? Do what is right. Sometimes it'll be crazy difficult, crazy hard. Uh, you ever have to. Return money because it's the right thing? Come on. You ever be driving off and they gave you too much change and you're like, yeah, man! And you're excited about it for a minute and then like that guilty conscience starts kicking in and you're turning around going, I got to turn today. Okay, I got to take this back. I was at the bank the other day. I can't remember and they gave, I don't know, they gave me extra money. I can't remember how much it was and and uh, so it came out, and I told the young lady, I said, oh, hey, I think you gave me $20 too much. She goes, oh, thank you. You know, I, I don't know what they do, shoot you if you're off there? I don't know. I'm like, you're welcome. So I'm sending it back, but no, I'm not a hero, folks. Everyone does that, right? I mean, that's what you do. Some of you going, what was I saying? It's not always easy. You're sitting there going, and some of you go, what a blessing from God. It's a miracle. <laughs> and we, we just kind of know. I mean, we, we know inside what's right. You do in, in different situations. You do. All he's saying to the son is, son, okay, here's some scenarios. And you're king now. It's like, just do what's right. Just do what is right here. It's a good story. I want to help you, church. 
It's very simple. It's the beginning. We'll, we'll finish up tonight with some really good stuff, but uh, I want to help you with this. It's a great, great truth to a successful life. Just find your roles and do it. Keep following God and just do what is right. Do what is right and God will bless you. God will bless you. Let's stand. Lord, we come to now. Lord, we thank you for your word and the day today as we look at it. Lord, as we see these life applications, uh, Lord, I, I pray we'd be reminded of these simple truths. This wasn't mind-boggling stuff. But you're, Lord, in a generation and a culture that is going so much away from you, these do stick out. Lord, we live in a culture that tells us to get away with whatever we can and somebody makes a mistake, it's just their fault. And doing right has become very clouded. Following God, that's a minority. Doing our roles, wow, that's definitely a minority. Yet, Lord, these are three proven truths, not just with David and Solomon, throughout the word, throughout history that are proven that when somebody does these things, they find amazing success in life. They find your blessings and your grace upon them more than others. And Lord, if that's what somebody's searching for, your blessings, your grace, your touch in their lives, Lord, here's a path they can follow. We thank you and praise you now for the day, for your truth and your word. As we go through the book of Kings, Lord, may we continue to learn and glean from you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We always close with a time of prayer. If you need some time with the Lord, we challenge you to come. Page 351, Whoever, wherever he leads, I'll go. And so if you're not coming to pray, why don't you join us in singing, wherever he leads, I'll go. Take up thy cross and follow me. I heard my master say, I gave my life to ransom thee. So we'll get to conclude this message of part two some good truths there we're looking forward to that hope you have a restful afternoon of course i'm asked andy my just amazing brother-in-law <laughs> phenomenal phenomenal friend forgiving individual as well to come and close us in word of prayer <laughs> all right don't forget if you're visiting with us today we thank you for that stop by the welcome center back there got a gift for you so good to see everybody here today let's pray thank you lord for a good day thank you for your love lord thank you for your word lord thank you for our pastor who preaches your word lord that we can learn from it lord apply it to our lives lord i pray that you just be with each one of us as we do lord i pray now that you bring us back to your house this evening in jesus name amen hi i'm pastor john waterloo thank you so much for joining us today and being a part of the service I hope one day you can connect with us here in our church service as well. That'd be such a great blessing. Uh, we'd also like to let you know about just some other resources we have. You can jump on our Facebook page or our website, wherever you'd like, and find out about our ministries. But again, we'd love to have you join with us one day. Thank you so much for being in our services, and may the Lord bless you.